What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. Uh, this week, we've got another episode of, well, we've been calling it uh, a blank and an engineer. You know, this week, uh, it's a radio host and an engineer. This week, I had John Doherty, host of On the Edge on the Gag Order Network. Uh, network, uh, the guys over there, I've, I've known them for a few years now, and John, I've known for over a year at least. And uh, got to know him because uh, he was doing this recurring segment on his show for Mars One. And was really excited about it because it was this cool first new thing that was happening. You know, it was the first real group to say, hey, we are going to Mars. And he wanted to keep coverage on that on his show. And called up... um, one of the founders of Gag Order, Dimitri, who I went to high school with, and was like, yo, I need a science guy. And he's like, yo, I've got a rocket guy. I've got a space guy. So I uh, went on a show. Uh, I come back every once in a while, and that's what we do. We talk about space. Um, now, I will say I don't agree with everything John says, but he's a great guy to talk to. And uh, every time we get together, it's fun. We talk about space. And... It's he's just a he's a he's a radio guy who's learning and has learned everything that has to be done in the business between the the engineering, the editing, the producing, the hosting, all that stuff. He really has kind of done it all. And uh, I enjoy having him on. Enjoyed having him on. I enjoyed coming on his show. And this was kind of cool. I actually got to know a little bit more about John. I, I didn't really know his background, how he got into radio. So we got into that. We talked about Mars. We talked about all the things that are happening in space. And, of course, at the end, we talked about aliens. So stick forward. Stick, stay tuned for that. I just can't talk today. And welcome John Doherty from On the Edge to Today in Space. It's about time, you fucker. We finally did it. <laughs> You're on my show. We're even. All right? <laughs> so enjoy the show. Uh, and as always, quick business. If you want to help support the show, uh, use our Amazon link, which is on every week's episode or at the home page at todayinspace.net forward slash home. And you do your Amazon shopping like you're already doing. Don't, don't lie to me. I know you're doing your online shopping on Amazon. So do it through us. It's free. It costs you nothing. And you help support the show. So without further ado, welcome John Doherty on Today in Space. Here we go. space welcome to today in space Woo! great intro man that is a great great intro right that we just heard i I worked on it that was awesome yeah good uh good job man good job so anyways this episode we are gonna have john doherty john doherty on the edge john doherty what's going on dude i am the lord commander this is uh i'm still waiting 
uh, to wake up. To wake up? Yeah, that this isn't, because this isn't really happening. Like, we've talked about this, and we've made plans to do this. I think, how, for what, like two months now? That's, when when that's, was that's probably underestimating it? When was the last time you were on my show? When was that? Oh, not too long ago. That was uh, what February, March, something was like it, that. Wasn't it sooner than that? No, the last time I was on April. It's probably April. Six weeks ago. Six weeks ago, you were oh. like, "It's we're having you on. It's a lock." Listen. Then, uh, what can I tell you? All of a sudden, turns into one week. Turns into two weeks. I'm not gonna let you hijack this show, John. Too late. <laughs> We finally did it. We, we did finally it. We're did it. We're here. I got you on. And uh, no, dude, I'm super excited to have you on, man. I can't thank you enough for giving me a platform to talk more about fucking space. Yeah, dude. Uh, and I love talking with it. Thanks. I, mean, I want to awesome. say uh, thanks for coming on, man. You air, you give it the show an air mm. of legitimacy. Well, I'm glad I can do that. Because I talk a lot about uh, different topics and, you know, space being one of them, particularly uh, the Mars One project, mm-hmm. going to Mars in general. Uh, but I that's all I can really do is I can talk and I can uh, regurgitate facts that I've read online and mm-hmm. I can read, uh, I can, you know, recite stories that I've read. Um, but to have somebody that actually knows it, uh, kind of the ins, the behind the story, you know, it helps out. It helps out a lot. So I appreciate you coming on my show. Of course, dude. Any any time to, number one, do radio, which is what we're definitely going to talk about this week. Yeah, man. Because um, that's where we both, if I'm not mistaken. It's kind of how our, pa- our, cr- our yeah, paths cross. That's our... That's our uh, String theory cross point. You know? There it is. That's that's what it is. Way to keep it wicked, fucking schmat. <laughs> so, uh, before we start this episode, I have to say, uh, as always on these types of episodes, uh, any information that you hear on the show, uh, anytime during this episode, uh, just realize that uh, the people on this podcast have been drinking, uh, <laughs> and. Any information that you hear, you should go check out yourself. So you've been warned. Oh, so I can make this up? Oh, this is great. <laughs> I had no idea we were like <laughs> we were doing a doing a disclaimer. Oh, I'm just starting it now because I don't want to hear later like, oh, yo, your facts were wrong. You know what? And you it's need? like, listen, to here it is, right up front. Disclaimer. Stop playing it if you, you know. Don't you like need. It. That's you all. need to uh, need to come in sometime. Me and you will create like this funny like uh, disclaimer that you can play at the beginning of the show. Did Warning! It, did it bomb that bad? Did well, it, just like just bad? going like through a normal read, <laughs> you know. I think you could if you hit a button. Tell me it wouldn't be awesome. Just be like, "Warning! What you were about to hear is complete oh, nonsense." No. I worked on it and I tried uh, some voice modulation. It's not like shit. So I no, stopped. I'm telling you, man. <laughs> I'm telling you, dude. I just I didn't uh, didn't spend much more time on it. I'm telling you, man. I could create you something. It'd be like awesome, dude. Yeah, we'll work what on it. What you were about to hear is complete nonsense. <laughs> You have been warned. I don't know, something like that. And we'll play yeah. with the voice, and we'll have the background. humans on this podcast have ingested alcohol. It'll be like a Western theme. They'll be shooting in the background, <laughs> horses. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I, I like that we're throwing ideas. Spitballing. Yeah. Right I now. like that we're throwing. Yeah, ideas. we're just. This is like brainstorming session, right? Exactly. Here, live. Exactly. Uh, so, let's let's start with radio. Let's start there. Okay. So let's start from the beginning. You're a radio host. Yes. Yes, I am. Or Gag Order Network. And I'm a producer, producer, engineer, writer, voiceover, performer, a little bit of everything. 
A renaissance man, if you will. Of the uh, yeah, of the radio business. There you go. Yeah, there you go. So how how did it start? What what when did you finally say I'm gonna do this? Um, that I actually said like this is something I'm interested in doing. Uh, or like probably. taking that step to be like, all right, I'm gonna go find a place where I can start a show. Three years ago, about three years ago, maybe even closer to four. Um, a, me and a buddy were sitting in a bar. And like we had done like dozens of times before, um, but we're not having our no- a normal bar conversation. It's not mm-hmm. like you know, did you see the game last night? Not this beer is delicious. Have you ever tried whatever? You know, it was. Did you read about uh, this story in the Middle East? Did you read about this? You know, this person in Germany. Did you read this book uh, that I read the other day? Let me tell you about it. You know, this, that, and the other thing. And we would be there for hours, Mm. you know, and, you know, six beers in and hours later covered, you know, dozens of topics just all over the place. This conversation would lead to that one, to that one, to that one, to that one. And it was kind of like an awakening, I guess, Mm. you know, like this is something we could do. So we had the idea of doing a podcast and nothing came of it. Mm. As a lot of podcasts do. <laughs> yeah, it, it, we did a couple tests, and that was about as far as it went. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still had the idea, so I started looking into uh, learning the industry, like training in the industry, mm-hmm. and that led me to a mentorship with the Gag Order Network, which is actually where we are right now. Yeah. Recording in the Gag Order Network studio. Thank you, Gag Order, for letting me use the studio. Yeah. It's a lot of fun toys. It's kind of weird for me. It's like a home away game. Yeah, because <laughs> I'm in your seat that you're usually in. This when I'm is here. your show <laughs> on your podcast. I hijacked it. <laughs> and you're sitting in the host seat <laughs> on my network. Yeah, and I'm making you do the producing too. So. And I'm producing right now. <laughs> Tech, I'm engineering right now. I'm technically the engineer. So this, this show has, has all the tweaks for John your Gordon. show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that, thank you. And all of and the gag order stuff started about two years ago. Um, and I met, uh, that's where we first met, because I uh, have been coming down the gag order network on the main show once or twice. And I think you had started interning, and that's, that's where I met you. Yeah, you had, you knew of, uh, you had been working, sorry, you had been working with gag order long before I got there. Mm. And uh, your friends with Dimitri and yep. Jay, um, You've known those guys a lot longer than I have. So, uh, yeah, I believe we originally met just uh, in passing at the studio. Yeah. And when I started doing uh, the Mars One project, Dimitri came up. Actually, I got to give credit to Dimitri on this one. He was the one that said, you know, do you want Alex on this show? I was like, oh, yeah, that would be actually, you know, somebody who knows what he's talking about. That's a good idea. (laughs) Dimitri's good good about that, throwing out these, like, most basic, (laughs) you know, Kitchen, the forehead <laughs> ideas that are staring you right there. Um, so that's really kind of uh, what got the ball rolling it with Gag Order. I learned how to uh, write, produce, uh, create my own segments, create my own bits. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, from there, I started producing, engineering, and it just kept going from there. Now I do almost everything around here. Yeah. If you listen to gagordernetwork.com or if you download the TuneIn app, search Gag Order Network. Boom. Boom is right. Uh, listen to it for an hour. Listen to it for like two hours. I guarantee I pop up somewhere. <laughs> uh, either in a commercial that I wrote 
a commercial that I wrote and recorded, did the voiceover work for mm-hmm. um, something that I did, like yeah. a replay of one of my interviews, you know. For a long time, uh, the video on the main page was my interview with Real Big Fish. Yeah, that uh, we're going to talk about that uh, in a bit. I definitely cool. want to talk about that. Yeah, definitely. Um, but I want to jump back real quick. All right. Like, this month, I'm having people on who are just going for it. They do what they love. And I know you love radio. Oh, yeah. I mean, just, I mean, you're, you're is it, is it too much to say that you're obsessed no, I definitely would okay. be obsessed okay. because it's another side of performing, and I've been doing that half my life. Yeah. Half my life, you know, 17 years. Yeah. Dude, I, I hear you. I, I did the same thing. Uh, music all through, all performing music, pretty much too many styles to even count. Uh, and then once you don't have it anymore, it's like, damn, I fucking miss that. That's why uh, this gives me an outlet, mm-hmm. you know? This gives me um, a stage. Mm-hmm. You know, I, that's how I look at it. Just another performance. Yeah. Um, I started off doing this kind of stuff, you know, writing and recording and creating. Mm-hmm. You know. So it's not that too. It wasn't that big of a leap to get into uh, to get into radio. <clears throat> Excuse right. me. Uh, it was really more learning the technical side of everything. Yeah, you know, I, I get that. Learning um, what you have to do differently. Also, that was kind of different. Uh, this is a completely uh, auditory uh, platform. Yeah. You know, so when you can't see somebody, it it really actually kind of honed and tweaked my writing because mm-hmm. when I write, when I write for radio, I have to remember that you can't see it. Yeah. So I have to write it a little differently. And that's a huge part of the process that I figured out around like my year mark. You know, I kind of played with it and kind of screwed around with it. But, you know... I, doing the show when you first start out you're figuring it out you're just like oh yeah and you're breaking out i mean i don't know how much work you had on a mic before uh the radio stuff i uh, i didn't have any i was a, i was a uh, instrumentalist yeah so i was never using you were never doing the vocal vocals. side yeah so no i had done commercial radio commercials for a group up in new hampshire i had done uh, really? a lot of stage work so i mean i'd done like vocal exercises and techniques and okay. you know um you know, speaking from the diaphragm and all nice. those kind of, you know, classic radio. Yeah. Stuff. Yeah. The technical side, that technical side I had mm. down, you know, I could even whip up a lovely little magic brew for your throat and your voice. Nice. Yeah. From my, we like, may be uh, talking soon. I my know. musical days <laughs> when I tread the bolds. Um, yeah. It's disgusting, but it works like magic. Yeah. It's so like what would you do? Would you do a music? I did a <clears> lot <throat> of musicals. Really? really? This journey started, um, as a writer of sketch comedy, and from there progressed into acting, mm-hmm. uh, stage acting, um, both straight plays and musicals. For a while there, I was doing more musicals than straight plays. Oh. So I was singing and dancing on stage. Wow. You know, long before, long before I was doing radio or long before I was doing stand-up or anything like that. Cool. You know, I was doing uh, the, Rocky Horror pic- the Rocky Horror Show. Oh. Cool shit, Yeah, man. I did that for like eight months. <laughs> Yeah, I was Brad for eight months. Wow. Yeah. But uh, from there, it progressed to doing other things. And I think radio is just kind of the next thing for me. I did, cool. uh, you know, I did stage acting. I did a little film. Then I got into uh, improv, got into stand-up, mm-hmm. you know. And from there, start, started combining the two and then got into radio. So, 
Well, I've done a little bit of everything. Cool, dude. In terms of mad live respect. performing. Live mad performing. respect, because uh, I feel the same way about performing. It's just like, what's next? Yeah. You know, and... Dude, yeah, especially respect on, on the skills aspect. Like, uh, you know, I, I, I do everything for myself, too. So, I mean, you're, you know, we, I have that, you know, common bond. It's like, okay, I know I know what you've been through. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know man. how much it takes to get it going. Yeah. You know, uh, it's cool shit, right? To be it's a to ton talk. of fun. It's an absolutely ton of fun. Um, I love doing it. I love, the, I love working with Gag Order because of its freedom, mm. you know. You can, they've given me kind of just free reign to do whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, they really don't have their hands anywhere near my show. They just kind of let me do my thing. And it's very freeing. And I know that, you know, when the day comes that I'm actually with, you know, a traditional terrestrial, mm-hmm. you know, what terrestrial being, you know, the kind of radio you hear in your car. That's right. terrestrial. Right. You know, you're not going to have the kind of freedoms that you get here. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not going to be able to do, like, the long sketches, that the comedy sketches that I do that are, like, seven, eight, nine minutes. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not going to have that freedom to do the kind of comedy stuff and the fun little bits that I get to do, mm-hmm. and, which are really just for me. But so but this is where... About. Yeah. I mean, the radio, yep. you're creating uh, a personality, and, like, your this is your beacon, you know? All right, this is where all my stuff's coming from, you know, and you just do it. You figure it out in the way. Um, but going back, so you, you want to stay in terrestrial radio. Um, that's the kind of goal. Cool. I look at gag order as kind of like a stepping stone. Okay. You know, it's kind of like the what's the next step, the next step's gag order, and then mm-hmm. what's after that? You know, I what's like after it. that? Reaching. You know, Reason it, for whether it. well, I mean, even ter- if it's terrestrial, if it's, I'm basically looking to get f- like full time. Okay. You know, make radio my full time gig. Mm-hmm. You know, right now, gag order. It's a part time job right now. It's you know, it's like fifteen twenty hours a week, mm-hmm. and then I put in an additional like you know twenty thirty off the clock. Right. Well, but, uh, and let's let's talk there about that shit. Um, the struggle of. Working on something that you're passionate about, that you're obsessed yeah. on, but it doesn't pay the bills. So you you know you just have to go yeah, get you a bite job the to, bullet, to you pay get the, the bills. You yeah, know? you get the other job and yeah. Oh yeah, and it's it's hellish. I you've asked me like, oh, how's a new job and how's I'm, mm-hmm. and I'm, it's terrible. Yeah, it's all it's terrible. It's always terrible. It will continue to be terrible mm-hmm. until further notice. Because it doesn't matter what it is. If it's when it's not radio, it's not fun. Gotcha. You know, I gotta tear myself away from the studio sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll be in here working on something, you know, and then have to go to work, and it's like, right. uh, uh, I'll be at work and I'll be thinking about the show mm-hmm. or something I can do for another show, or I'll be thinking about, you know, something else I could be working on, and I'm at this terrible soul sucking. <laughs> hellish pit of a nightmare <laughs> that is never ending oh man the good, like, the good news is what's up the good news is that all you have to do is figure out how to make money with it oh yeah that's the good news well right now i'm really i'm focused on just getting better yes because you Honing can always skills. get better oh definitely you can always get better you gotta level up Oh, yeah. There, yeah. if you want to use a phrase for the youngsters today. I mean, we grew up on Pokemon, so, I mean, I feel like that's No, okay. that's... Oh, uh, am I speaking out of turn? I apologize. Um, Pokemon came in, like, right as I was getting out. 
okay. you know, it's kind of in like the Power Rangers thing too. Oh, okay, like, all right. So I'm I'm on the. It's like it was like right on the cusp yeah. of when I was like turning thirteen. Okay, you know, and kind of moving away MTV from. Was still big. You know, yeah, MTV was yeah. still big. Mm-hmm. You know, VH1 it was already launched. Okay, I was in high school. So I was moving away from that stuff. So that's right. why, you know, I never, like, people people that are, like, just a little bit younger than me, like mm-hmm. yourself, uh, can talk about, like, Power Rangers and Pokemon and stuff. Right. Because you were, like, right behind me. Mm-hmm. But still had, like, a few more years yeah. before you were, like, you know what, that's good. Yeah. Like, for me, Harry Potter, like, I was the exact age of Harry Potter when the books came out. Yeah. So... Yeah, see, and I was yeah. too old by that time. Right. So right. it was like, eh, you know, I saw the movies and stuff, but the idea of, like, reading the books... Especially, like, when they first came out, it was like, nope. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'd see these. Were you the people in the line, the midnight, midnight line? Oh, the midnight, op- yeah, of course. Oh, you were that kid? Oh, no, hey, I used dude, to make fun of you guys. Dude, we are a majority. I used to make fun of, <laughs> I used to make fun of you guys. Uh, like, dude, dude, understandably. Understandably. Yeah, that was the thing I was into when I was a kid. Yeah, but then I would go and pay my 15 bucks to go see the, you know, the, Harry Potter, <laughs> you know, the next, all the Harry Potter movies, whatever. And yeah. then I think I own, like, four or five of them. Oh, yeah. They're fantastic. I actually... Uh, nope. I, th- I actually... I, I have audiobooks of them in my car. I didn't think I was going to ever admit this, but Yeah, you're I that do. guy. Uh, listen, I drive a shitload of hours a week for work. This is, this so is confession right here. The necessity of audiobooks and podcasts are my life. Harry Potter audiobooks and Alex's car. Just I'm not afraid. It. I'm not afraid. Uh, I'm a C.S. Lewis guy, and I know there's okay. not like an official... All right, so it's a, it's a feud then. That's okay. I know it's not like an I'm official... I'm right feud. You know, it's not an official feud. Very it's like feud. me versus everybody else. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm a C.S. Lewis guy. I'm a purist. Okay. So that's why I couldn't back Harry Potter. It's like, this is America. You know what? This is America. This is America. We can agree to disagree. No, it's America. <laughs> you can you can get out. <laughs> that's how we do this in America. Uh, all right. So let's get into what we talk about every episode that I'm on your show. All right. Are they episodes or... I call them episodes. Okay. Mars One. Mars One. Love me some Mars One. It's funny because <laughs> when I first came on your show to talk about Mars One, I was uh, super, like, just, like, ready to present all the science that they do have behind them, which wasn't much because it obviously just started. Yeah. Um, and uh, I like to champion space, so... I was very gung ho, uh, and just I, as longer, was I. Yeah, and it, it was good. We were gonna tear it down and see if you know. When I learned flaws, about it, I was I was uh, I was ecstatic about it when I learned about it. And that's what I think their most important thing was was that Mars One was this ambitious goal. Nobody else. I don't think SpaceX had said they were going to Mars. NASA definitely didn't say they were going to Mars. Nobody was planning to do something like that, and it was at the peak. It was. Like, all the, the space movies were starting to come out. You know, Interstellar, Gravity. Um, there was one even before that. I, who knows? They've been coming out like crazy. Yeah, Mars One uh, was the first group that said, we are going. Yes, definitive not statement. we want to go, yes. not we the budget like persists. to go. Yeah, yeah. We are going. Yeah, a, 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 an institution outside of the government funding... Outside of a national power that NGO, said we're doing I it. believe they're called. Huh? NGO, I believe they're called. NGO is that non governmental organization. Oh. Get in with the lingo, Alex. Um 
I live on the fringe, so I'm not going to And my show is on the edge, so boom. <laughs> well, I'll meet you in the nice. middle. Nice. So uh, Mars One right now uh, is just... Here we are, like, you know, almost two years later since the first time I've had you on my show. It's crazy. And it's really just become a joke now. It's well, really kind of slowly went downhill. It's, it's just limping. It's, I think... So here's... I've been, I've been doing a lot of reading on... Did a lot of reading on NASA, how, how the, our space program started, and all the trials and, and all the hell they went through to get people into space... Um, to Apollo 13, which could have destroyed the space program altogether. Then you've got a company like SpaceX, who pretty much had four tries to get a rocket into space, or else they were done. And every step of the way, they hit fucking milestones, and it was shit. And it, there was everything could have gone wrong because they're trying to do the hardest thing possible. So every good space program has. A tremendous story of getting there. So I think that's what they need. They need that moment of, okay, this could happen. You know, not a miracle, but stuff needs to line up. You know? uh, I believe it was Kennedy who said, we go to the moon not because it is easy, but because it is hard. Mm-hmm. And he said it like that. As hard as he wanted to. As hard as he needed it to be. We will go into space. And put a man on the moon. Yeah, it is my Kennedy. Oh, that's Kennedy right there. Yeah, just checking. Yeah, Uh, I was fascinated by. (laughs) I was fascinated by the Mars One project, Um, and so I I just started doing stories. I started reading into it, Mm -hmm. learning more about it, and it was at like a really interesting time in the program or in the project, I should say, Um, because they were now like announcing the the finalists, the hundred finalists. Mm-hmm. You know, the possible, you know, future Mars astronauts, the ones that were actually going to begin training. Mm-hmm. So I got into the story right at an interesting time. We had a lot to cover. We had a lot to talk about. Mm-hmm. A lot of interesting stuff. But the more I got into it, just the more ridiculous it got. Yeah. You know, uh, I think by like show two, I was playing the um, <laughs> playing the application video. Oh, God, man. I wish you were there. I was playing the application videos. People had to send in, you know, here's oh, right. why I should. We had talked about this. We yeah. talked, yeah, I think we talked about it every time we took bring, Every time we bring up Mars <laughs> One, we have I want, to talk like, about this. like, updates on these, these people that are going through. <laughs> I actually, I can give you, like, an update on one of the guys. Nice. Um, yeah, I started playing the application videos, and no, they sounded like jokes. Mm. They sounded like I was messing around. You know, one of the women, one of the women uh, her video starts off with her wearing a Boba Fett helmet. And the Boba Fett helmet has, like, a voice modulator. Okay. That's so nerdy. So it starts off with that. It's nerdy. Um, another one starts talking about how her grandfather helped invent the jetpack. And how does that help you whatsoever? Yeah. Can we get your grandfather? Because w- we right. have no use for you. Well, at least you'd say, you know, hey, I worked on it with him. He showed me everything. You know, and then you built no, your own. Be- no, he but- didn't help any because your grandfather <laughs> built it back in the 50s. You weren't born. Yeah. and Your so- dad wasn't born. So let me throw this theory out there to, to try and defend Mars One. Do you think it's possible that because of the Internet and because of just the human beings, that the variety of human beings we have, do you think that something like space travel on the Internet could travel to pretty much every single person, especially something that's stating they're going to Mars? It's going to reach pretty much everyone on the Internet. Uh, so part of, part of a, their 
Yeah. Good. What's up? Part of their funding idea is a uh, reality show mm. where everybody watches this up, thing right? go on. So far, yeah. nobody has. Yeah. Because nobody wants a show called Do You Want to Die in Space? Well, not only just not only that, but they don't have they don't have technology yet. They don't their big problem is that they're basically oh they have many buying <laughs> they're basically buying all the technology where like SpaceX was considered a joke when it first started, you know um, another billionaire trying to do a space company that, right but that's the key know, word billionaire they already had the they funding had the there. money they had the money and more importantly they created the technology possible for it. And that, that's a huge part. Yeah, of they did everything not, in-house. Yeah, you, you can't... Well, and they did it because they had to. They, they tried to go to people outside, and it just didn't work, or they didn't meet, you know, the deadlines they were looking for, which is crazier than anyone's ever done. Because we're talking the difference between an entire country putting its best people, hopefully, on the job. It's, like, 500 people selected by this, this guy... Elon Musk to to go there. Like that's a pretty serious shit. You know? Like say what you want about the guy, but he gets it done. Right, but Elon Musk has the money to at least try to give mm-hmm. it a valiant and he put effort. Everything he put everything you know, Mars One into it. Mars One has nothing. Mm-hmm. Mars One was damn near just a GoFundMe page for a while. What uh do you know what the latest count was? Uh they're somewhere around a hundred million. Okay. All right, which so, is really a drop in the bucket. I mean, not well, in the grand scheme of things, but let's put it this way: they could probably fund. I don't have the number. Do not quote me, but could probably fund for like a Falcon Nine. But that's not enough to get them to Mars. Oh, they already are talking about um, having uh, provisions, supplies, yeah, habitats sent up in the next four years. So if they're just buying, they're going to have a really hard time meeting. Uh, I mean, you're telling me budget. you're telling me they have enough money to buy a rocket. Yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> they're yeah. they're screwed. Oh, they need as, re-entry as as stuff. Goes, they need... Oh, so the good thing about Mars One is that it banks on the fact that the technology will be in place, and then all it has to do simply is buy the technology and put the people together. There it is, which is a good idea. Buy, but right. that's the problem. I buy know part the oh, buy part. Believe me, it's it's the exchanging of money that's the problem. Yeah, so they th- what they need to do is they need to have that moment of we're gonna do this. Like they've already they said they're going to Mars since the statement and since the last rounds of choices. Um, I haven't felt that like that feeling of man they could do it. Well, SpaceX, you, I feel that. You want to hear about? I feel that. You want to hear about their newest? Uh, uh, fundraising initiative. Sure. Uh, they released a book Did about they? the human aspects of Mars exploration. Um, basically a book about the people preparing for uh, what lies ahead. Okay. So even though nothing's happened, mm-hmm. it's basically just a giant book of speculation. Well, here's the other thing. We don't actually know what they're doing. So The book does. <laughs> <laughs> the book actually knows, so does it? Oh, it, does it? You can buy. It's called Mars One: Humanity's Next Great Adventure. Okay, it's out right now. You can buy it. it what genre is it in? <laughs> the bullshit. Well, uh, is that a genre? Is that a genre? I don't think so. 
No? So no. no you can't Not go officially. to Barnes & Noble? Not officially. No little tag on the end of the... Uh, no? No. Uh, let's see. It, uh, the four words written by Professor Dr. Jared Tehuft, Nobel Prize winning theoretical physicist. Okay. Other contributors include Dr. Mason Peck, Professor, Professor Theus Rossimano, I don't know, and Jamie Gunned. Uh, several prominent professors in the science community. Wait, if, if they're releasing books and it's getting more people, if they're releasing content, and they're getting they people they're releasing it right now. more into space and paying attention. It's the same point I made the first time I won your show. It's a win-win. You know, it's a win-win. Fun. Now, they need to put up at the end. I mean, that's what it comes down to. You know, if they're going to really do this, they, they got to go for it. I just don't see them at this point doing anything. Yeah, at this point, it doesn't seem like much, but... Uh, you know, it's a the, long road for them, too. At the beginning of this, I said, you know, it's going to be one of three things. It's going to be an amazing uh, victory in which this is we're going to be talking about this for generations. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a spectacular defeat, in which case we're going to be ta- like laughing about it, about remember that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, or they're going to die in space and it's going to be another tragedy. Yeah. You know, it's there, gonna uh, be there's a plenty of tragedies that could happen before that that would just halt it. You know, if one of the rovers breaks, if then they don't have enough money to do another one or just t- tons of things along the way. So to get to that point where they actually get humans there, that's pretty fucking impressive. But here's what I like about the whole thing is it makes me think is are these the kind of conversations that people were having, you know, 500 years ago, 600 years ago, mm. you know, before the new world, mm. you know, before Columbus, before all those guys. You know, were people sitting around a table, kind of like what we're doing, and going, you know, could these people actually cross the ocean? Could oh, these people actually do it? Definitely. You know, you know, I don't know. Definitely. No, man. You know, you haven't definitely. you heard? It's flat. They're just gonna fall off the edge. It, it, landing on Mars will be such an accomplishment that everyone's gonna just—it's gonna open up a whole new door. But I'm just—I'm just trying to put myself, you know, in that mindset. Yeah, you know, I'm seeing kind of a different version of history, obviously, but but that's good, that's good. Yeah, but now that's what excites about, me about it. Think about the crazy fucks that wanted to go to the New World back then, right? And we're those right. guys. We're yeah. those guys that are <laughs> sitting around that table. No, you know, we're, we're the guys. We're who those have guys. The crazy friends. We who are six wine, six <laughs> bottles of wine deep. Six bottles of wine. Six bottles of wine deep. And we have at least a couple of venereal diseases. Whoa. And we were talking about what men getting here? on rickety ships to cross a giant Oh, this body is our this is our five hundred years ago speech. Yes. Oh, okay. I was gonna say I was like, let's not mislead the people, John. Yes, eighteen venereal diseases. Yes. Uh you know, uh, no, uh, really that's why I'm excited about it, because mm-hmm. it really puts me in that place. Yeah. You know, six hundred years ago, like people that were just hanging around talking about that, you know, mm-hmm. exploring the new world. Uh, they were having the exact same conversations we're having about Mars. Can it be done? Who, you know, this guy, Columbus, you know, he's kind of like Elon Musk. He's got the backing. He's got, mm. you know, he's got the people that can do the work for him. You know, I think Elon Musk needs to go to Mars. Oh, he wants to go to Mars. He wants to go to Mars? Yeah. He's going to go hang out at Mars? Yeah, I, he wants to go. We need him here. <laughs> oh, man. So... 
how many people did you talk to uh, about that when it first came out, when you first found out about it, and how many of them were like, oh, yeah, I go? There's at Very least one few. person, right? Very but there was, there was oh, people. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. There were people. And I think, yep. I think that's the most exciting thing that the Mars One has done is introduce that idea of it's a possibility. It started the conversation. Yeah. That's it really what it started the conversation. And yep. I think that's where the credit's due for sure. Oh, yeah. Um, granted, I am sure that other people were talking about it before. But they're the first ones that got to everybody. And do you know, it kind of lit a fire under everyone else. Mm-hmm. It wasn't really until Mars One came out and said, yeah, we're doing it, that every other agency said, like, oh, no, we're doing it. Yep. NASA even came out and released a statement saying, nobody's going to Mars until we do. <laughs> they even came right out and said it. Was that the quote? <laughs> yeah. Look at it. Yeah, check it out. It's like the, the science equivalent of a bitch slap. <laughs> Everyone's going to Mars until we do. This is what they sound like in my head. I don't think really anybody at NASA <laughs> sounds like that. Everyone's going to Mars until we go to Mars. It's a very drunk British man. Yeah, he's weird. He's got a British monocle. royal. It was definitely a royal. Oh, yeah. Like Mono- monocle and shit. Yeah, <laughs> stuffing it. He's got a top hat. I don't know. Uh, so, <laughs> would you go to Mars? Oh, God. Yes. Yeah, I'd go. Only if I'm allowed to bring a few provisions. Oh, is that so? Yes. <laughs> I cannot just go to Mars and just like, you know. No, definitely. Everyone's got to have their gotta own Got to bring some Mars stuff. Kit. Yeah. You got to have know, your own Mars kit. Some agricultural. Or it would be an Earth kit. Some agricultural uh, provisions. Mm. Mm. You know, maybe need the beer kit. Whatever you need. Brew some beer. To help bring, you uh, live on some Mars. Some grape seeds. A few other seeds. Man, could you imagine a Mars kit? It's like, or no, it would have to be an Earth kit. It would definitely have to be an Earth kit, and it's just stuff from Earth that you brought with you. Realistically, couldn't you get like uh, you know the TV signal yeah, a few months later? But yeah, it would just be really delayed. Yeah, just yeah, yeah that's fine. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. You'd have to have the playlist ready before you leave, and then just press play. My Facebook page. First <laughs> thing you see, don't tell me about the Super Bowl. <laughs> for, and it's just it hasn't up for, come in yet. It's up for three months. <laughs> don't tell me about the Super Bowl. Okay. It's just a communications blackout until I get it. Got your notes over there, dude? Oh, yeah. I like that. Dude, I have to. I like that. It's I professional. It's good. Thank you. It's very Thank good. You. I got to stay on track. I do it from time to time when I have a lot of stuff going on. Mm-hmm. That is, it's a really kind of a diverse show. Well, the, it's a necessity on a space show. I mean, I have to have my shit together. I can't just, you know, as much as it would be cool to just, like, talk a bunch of shit. You know, I, I do hope to teach people some things in like yeah. a fun way. Yeah. You know, that's definitely part of the show. I'm and I'm now at a point where I can just kind of keep an organi- organization going, mm-hmm. like just in my head. I want to do this, nice. I want to do that, I want to do this, you know. And however you do it, I mean, that's it really doesn't matter. It's just figure out the way you want to do it or that works for you and work on it. Like, and now we're back on the radio like, talk. Oh, yeah. I like how we do this. Yeah, right? This is nice. Yeah, back and forth. Yeah, we're doing a little slalom here. <laughs> I like that. That's great. No, I, uh, I hear what you're saying because, uh, you know, I have my show on the edge with John Doherty. I also co-host the Gag Order radio show. Mm. And then I produce and co-host uh, the show J-Talks Friday mornings here on the network. Oh, cool. And all three kind of have a just a different, some of them not a completely different structure. Mm-hmm. But each one has, like, their own little quirk, their own little setup. Like, the Gag Order radio show is mostly free. Yeah. 
for the most part, we go into a show having a rough idea. Nice. If that. Barely. That's fun. Barely. You know. Hey, you know, uh, I came across this article this morning. I'd like to just touch on it. Like, you know, let's find a spot for it. Nice. And then, But then sometimes it never comes up and we just completely forget about it. Mm-hmm. You know. I, but that's, yeah, that's the spontaneity of, you know, uh, Preparation a live show. A live show, you know. <laughs> That's yeah, cool. oh, well, my show on the edge with John Doherty, almost the exact opposite. I really, mm-hmm. I have a, it's not a rigid structure, but I do have a structure to mm-hmm. it. You know, when I prep, you know, five news stories, I might not get to all five. I might discard a few. Right. But I have it set up mm-hmm. that at 7.35, you know, I have it blocked off that for 25 minutes, I'm covering this. Now, yeah. what I cover in there is kind of up in the air, but... It, it, again, respect, man, because that's not an easy thing to do. Um, Especially guests and interviewers and, I mean, inter- uh, interviewees, I should say. Yeah, the pace of it. I Like, I, I know, uh, I, I always wanted to do a live show. Um, uh, the first podcast I did uh, when, with my friend Mike, uh, who's been on Gag Order before. We could, we, could be, we could be a live show right now. I'm one button away. <laughs> I am one button um, away from a live show. So... The first podcast I did with him, you know, it just, we tried to make it a live show, uh, but it was a huge learning curve. We had to figure out, you know, how to do that, and, and I had to figure out all the engineering behind doing something like that. Yeah. Um, and then we tried structuring it like that, and it was fun, but uh, definitely had a hard time sticking to, like, a really specific time constraint, uh, mostly because I just didn't have my chops yet, but... Um, I found the podcast very loose, very whatever it is, uh, as as my speed, you know, uh, at least for, for running the show, you know. Yeah, but um, that was kind of like uh, what brought all this up. Each show is different, mm-hmm. you know. Each structure is different. You know, what works for you might not work for them. Right. You know, uh, isn't I think that's a theme song. <laughs> <laughs> it could be. What well, might be right for you. Oh, that's definitely a song. Might, might, might not be right for some. Yeah, there it is. Because <laughs> it takes mm, different strokes. It takes different strokes. It takes different strokes to move the world. Yeah, so oh, we're doing right. the Dave Chappelle version of that, though. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Dude, I've been watching that lately. Really? So get, can you believe uh, it's like 2002? You know what's Chappelle funny? Show I actually uh, I have a fond memory of the Chappelle show. Before it launched... I was in uh, L.A. I was in Los Angeles. Mm. And there was billboards up about the Chappelle show everywhere. Yeah. And I would call back here, back to New England, call my friends and family. And I'm like, do you hear about this Dave Chappelle show? And they're like, no, we have no idea what it is, what you're talking about. Yeah. I'm like, it's really? It's everywhere out here. Mm. It was one of my L.A. moments. You know, that, could that be interesting was... Because he might have been... I don't know, but he might have been... Uh, like doing stand up out there. Oh, he was, but he was. no, it was oh, okay. Chappelle show. That's dope. No, 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 no it was I know, Chappelle like, show. It's, it's it's pretty incredible. Like uh, that era, I was thinking about it. That era, the two thousand B, and when Dane Cook's album came out, that beginning era was like the beginning of the new stand up boom, the comedy boom. Oh yeah. Like right now, stand up is at uh, just an incredible height right now. Like uh, stand up comedy is n- now. Nah, this is like nowhere what it was in like the seventies. 80s it's got a different feel to it because there are tons of comedians right who have 
podcasts who go every oh, week, yeah. however they do it, right? They do these podcasts, and then they go on the road, and then the people find them. And so they have this following of people. I'm one of them. You know, I listen to Joey Diaz, Joe Rogan. Uh, listen to Mark Merritt? Uh, yeah, I listen, not all the time. Uh, him and Joe, I listen to a lot of, so I don't listen too much of it anymore just because it's just too much. Uh, I started, like, gaining some of their personalities, and I had to oh stop because I'm doing my own podcast, and that's just, don't do that, you know? Yeah, be uh, yourself, kids. Exactly, exactly. I felt it affecting me, and I was like, okay, i got to stop. So, um, But, yeah, they have this much more... They have a following of people. They have fans. They have fans yep. that that are like a family where they want to go out and see them. So it's a totally different era where everyone in the 80s was going to see comedy because stand-up comedy was where it was at. Now it's got its own cult following, and it's, it's a big cult following. Um, like I would venture to say that stand-up comics revamped, or comedy in general, rev- like brought podcasts to a whole new level uh yeah i incorporate some of that stuff into my show mm-hmm. you know i do uh, i played a few bit uh stand-up bits that i did that i have like pre-recorded um when i was ma- making the circuit running the circuit i don't know what to call it <laughs> um yeah i it's, do you still go on stage unfortunately it's been a while yeah it, it has been a while it, i'm not gonna lie it's still kind of uh i s- still have that itch mm-hmm so, you know, I can't say, you know, I'm retired. I'm never going to do it again. No. no. Um, and, in fact, I still kind of uh, have a habit of just grabbing something when I get an inspiration or, like, for a bit. Mm-hmm. I'll just grab whatever's around me to write on. Nice. So, randomly, I, I have, like, a box. And if you go through it, it's, like, at the back of a napkin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, uh, in the back of a receipt, I wrote something. Yeah. Like, a phrase to remind myself. Like, oh, yeah, that. So, it, I still do it. I, it's an old habit, you know. That I never got out habit. of it. Never gotten out of it. It's still uh, just in there. I have like a random file on my computer where I just. Still in you. So, uh, yeah, you know, I will make the return. It will happen, you know, just when. Yeah, I hear you. I got to um, like be able to. But the problem is uh, if I can't give it the, the attention that I that it mm. needs to, then what am I doing? I'm just jerking off. Dude, totally respectable. It's a totally respectable thing. But that's that's good that you're you're. You're at least not bullshitting yourself. Right. You, you know what I mean? I'm not saying in like, oh, yeah, way. you know, next week, definitely. And when next week doesn't right. happen, I just beat myself up. I know. Yeah. You know, it's probably not It's not going to happen today. It's probably not going to happen tomorrow. Mm-hmm. You know, but at the same time, I also view it as uh, my, my show, my On the Edge show, mm-hmm. as my outlet. Yeah. And to be honest, I'm not a huge fan of having guests on the show mm-hmm. because I'm the entertainment. <laughs> you know? <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I I'll you. be honest. Can I be honest? Can I be truthful here? Dude, let's be honest. Can I open up? I'm not a massive <laughs> fan of it. Having guests, having, you know, Alex or Finals aside. I mean. Um, everyone else in the world on. other than Alex, I absolutely loathe on my show. Uh, thanks for that, 20. Uh, you want me to change? No, you don't. Okay, you're good. Um, I do. I consider myself the entertainment, you know, kind of like when I'm doing the stand up. When I'm on the stage with the mic, it's my show. And when I'm behind the mic in the radio, it's my show. Mm-hmm. You know, 
So when I have an interview on and when I have a guest on stuff like that, it's really just like I'm I look at it as I'm incorporating you into my show. Mm-hmm. And really, you know, well, listen, I felt that the first moment I was on your show. Figuratively so, and literally. Yeah. I mean, you 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 make it clear. It's not like you're hiding it or anything. No. Uh, but that's you. That's that's how you run the show. And that's. Do it, you know. Well, I tell people, like, you know, I, if this is like a boat ride. I'm the captain mm-hmm. and I have my hand on the tiller. Word. You know, some people, um, you, I will say, like a guest like you, it's great because you have experience. You know what you're doing behind the mic. You can talk. You. It's great. Yeah. Because I don't have to worry about that. Right. No. Yeah. I guess Other that. people, and this is how I word it. Uh, this is like where the captain of the boat thing comes in. I'm like, look, this is like a boat ride. Mm-hmm. I'm going to steer it. I know where we're going. Right. You just have to sit there and enjoy the scenery. Come with me if you want to live. Yeah, right? Yeah. You yeah. just have to sit there and enjoy the scenery. Mm-hmm. And that's what I need out of you because I know you're terrible or I know that you're not going to give me a ton to work with. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to have to carry the show anyway. Right. But then I have like, you know, guests like you where I know that you're going to contribute, where I can ask a question and I can just let you answer it mm-hmm. or something can be brought up and I can let you, you know, p- give your opinion. Yeah. You know, thankfully, this has never happened to me, but I have heard it <laughs> from other. No, the guests that give like the two word answers. Oh, wow. That don't yeah, give, yeah. you know, the guests, the co-hosts, the people that just don't give. And you're they don't feel getting, the flow. They don't feel the the pace. Or they're just not into it. They're just yeah, not too. whatever. Right. Whatever the reasoning behind it, I don't care. <laughs> well, there's definitely something weird about getting on a microphone, especially if you really pay attention to it. There's, there's this weird trance you kind of get into. There's a zone you get into. And it's... Yeah, that's why some I, people I love like the studio. It. Yeah, some people don't. Um, but that's why I love our studio, because you can almost pretend that you're alone mm. in the world. Yeah. You know, especially at night, you know, the sun's going down. Like, four walls where, like, you know, right. talk about, you can talk about the studio that we're in. You know, we're really in our world right now. Yeah. And you can, you take everything else and it's gone. I've had guests on, I've had people on that just can't get over the fact that somebody's listening. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's something, that's definitely something that's definitely a, a radio issue. Because, uh, I mean, you, you have guests, well, let me ask, do you have guests out of necessity or do you have guests um, 100% because you want them or is it somewhere in the, in the middle there? It's in the middle, probably somewhere closer to want them, mm-hmm. but more in the middle. Right. Some things I want kind of more info on. Right. And it's something that rather than me going through it, why can't I just have somebody that already knows? I think that's just perfect. Make it a little easier. Strengths. Like yourself. Yeah. yeah. You know, I can read the articles about Mars One and I can talk about it and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And have an opinion on and it. And have an opinion on right. it and understand what I'm reading. But then to have somebody else with a background in it, mm-hmm. you know, to be honest, my show, unlike yours, yours has a, has a theme. Mm. Yours has a specific top. I mean, the topic is so it's an umbrella term, but yes. my show, it's open. It's whatever right. I want it to be. It's whatever topic I decide that week or mm-hmm. whatever it is. Now, it's a double edged sword. Right. Because this week I'm reading up on this thing and I'm learning about that thing. Mm-hmm. And I'm reading about it, and I'm back-checking, and, you know, I'm fact-checking, I mean, and you know. But then next week, I'm doing another topic on a different thing, and I'm right. looking into that. Mm-hmm. And then maybe I'll get back, like, every once in a while to looking right. into it. You know, whereas yours is space, you know. When mm-hmm. I need somebody to talk about space, 
I need somebody that's been reading about space pretty regularly, knows what, yeah. been reading up on it, yeah. and that's not me. Mm-hmm. You know, last week we were doing um, uh, medicinal and recreational marijuana. Oh, well, there you go. You know, and it's a topic we're going to keep doing. So yeah. I'm going to be up on that. You know, I'm probably not going to be following Mars One mm-hmm. or SpaceX that closely, I'll be honest. No, and, and you know? I think that's the great thing is is that's what's kind of cool about, I think, this next generation of people getting on the Internet is we're doing things we like and we're totally fine with just doing that. You know, it's like, all right, I'm going to make my little niche here, you know. And I'm passionate about it, and I want to do it. And someone's going to find you interesting, and someone's going to say, hey, let's talk about it. Well, that's where the I think it's kind of the double-edged sword. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, the people that want to get into, the, get into space, mm-hmm. you know, that's where your show comes in. Right. Somebody who's really big into space might like my show mm-hmm. because we do talk about it. But, I mean, it's not a central theme. It's not something that's brought up every week. Right. So, but then there are people that, you know, want absolutely nothing to do with space. Mm -hmm. And then you're going to lose those people. So, like I said, I mean. Yeah. And, you know, I try my best to, especially for my show, because, I mean, it is a niche thing. There's no doubt about that. Um, But I see it as living a brand. You know, everything, anything space, I'm going to look into. I'm going to keep my finger on it and uh, have an opinion on it. And... Uh, I really forget where I was going with this, but uh, <laughs> see, this is where like I, my cricket sound effect would come in <laughs> handy, <laughs> or like the bomb draw, or the sound mm-hmm. fail, sound fail trumpet. Definitely, definitely. Um, yeah, I don't really remember what I was going for. So All right, let's, let's just move on. Alex, our finals, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> no, it's great that you, you have a science-specific show. You have a space-specific mm-hmm. show. It's, oh, it's found my point. Thank you. I figured that would get Thank you. Thank you. So. One of the things is to definitely keep it on space, but to to branch it out. You can cut do... out that last part, by the way. No, it's staying. You can cut it right it's in. Staying in. Are you sure? It's, it's, oh, it's staying. Little in. edit magic, no, and suddenly you're no, fine. If I fail, oh, right. the show, I'm leaving it in. Oh, uh, my show that get cut. That's getting <laughs> nope, cut. It's that, staying. Let me it's tell staying. the people. I'll tell the people right now on the edge of John Dory. That's getting cut. <laughs> that's getting cut. I'm sounding awesome. Nope. I uh, want the flaw to be there. There, it's because fine. I want. Awesome. I want this to be a human experience of a science show. I don't want this to be cut up uh, and be that perfect scientific thing. I want there to be a human side to it because that's going to make it more accessible to everybody else. You know, and showing the fact that even though I'm a scientist, I fuck up, I think is super important. And I like the polished final product. <laughs> I do. I really do. Yeah. Thank you. But I do know that there's <clears throat> that there's another side that loves that because when I do like the comedy sketches, mm-hmm. I also do gag reels. Nice. I put them together the screw ups that we do when we're doing the voiceovers, and uh, they're a huge hit, massive hit. I I can actually track like uh, listens, downloads, and stuff like that, and people absolutely love them. Mm. They're hilarious. It, it, that's that's it's it's a comedy thing, and one of the things to get back to radio is. I learned that from listening to Opie and Anthony because that show was just definitely one of the most interesting things on radio. You know, you weren't hearing anything like that. Yeah, it was, on any it other was station. really around that, the, you know, the 80s, the 90s, you know, when Stern was blowing up, mm-hmm. 
and the old school radio people were kind of fading away or dying off. Mm-hmm. And people wanted something different, something new. And they, yeah, they were this weird twist on classical terrestrial radio and this jock, like radio jock style that they, they had. They kind of but created they, a new genre. They did. They, they're for the radio own, jock. They're their own parallel universe of radio. You know, it's just they, they loved and relished when people fucked up on the show. And like, there's nothing better. They were also they were really good at working with it. Yes, and because they went, they dove into it. They, like that feeling you feel when you mess up on the mic, they rode that like a, (laughs) like a dragon. They they loved that. Oh yeah, they were because they were comfortable. Mm -hmm. They were comfortable with the screw up. They were comfortable, you know, going off the rails. And it was it almost seemed like they were always trying to get themselves out of that or just make it funny. It's just like because they were doing a show. Every fucking every day, morning. you know, five days a week, four what? hours, something like that. I I can't even imagine what that would be like. Oh yeah, I can. That's uh, that's pretty yeah. much my Fridays. <laughs> um, on Fridays I call it John Day around Gag Order Network. My day starts at like six in the morning. I do pre-production and prep for J Talks mm-hmm. because I'm the producer and engineer for J Talks as well as a co-host. Uh, show from 7 to 9, edit from 9 to 11, break from like 11 to 3, Okay, where I usually nap. That's a good idea. It's my long day. I was going to ask, how do you how do, you do it? So I do pre-production uh, 3 to 5 for a gag order radio show. Okay. Then 5 to 7, do the gag order radio show, and then from 7 to 9, on the edge. And sometimes, like, one just flows right into the next. Mm-hmm. And I tell Dimitri, he produces my show on the edge. And we also, we switch out duties producing gag order. But if he's in the booth, I tell him, I'm like, if we go right to seven, you know, the outro music for the gag order radio show ends with the intro <laughs> for On the Edge, and I'll start the show in the co-host chair. Yeah. You know. So that, in, you know, it's a 14-hour day, whatever it is. It's, it's badass, man. It's... It's fun though. I absolutely yeah. love doing it. Yeah. And so like when but I hear about that's, that's what I that's you know, why I wanted to do five days this. a week, four hours a day. You know, I'm like I can I can that's do awesome. that. I can do that. That's awesome. Man. You know, if I can do 14 hours on one day, you know, I can do 20 hours a week. That's not a problem. Uh, we take a little break. Sure. All let's right. Let's do it. Take a little break. <clears throat> All right. We good. Good. Cool. All right. So, I brought something. I don't think I, I think I don't think I've ever showed you. Uh, it's what do you got? Fancy presentation here. It's yeah, fancy little cardboard box. With a little foam inside. <laughs> what do you got? So, uh, do you remember that comet that uh, we landed on? Well, the European Space Agency. Oh yeah, yeah. On? yeah. Comet sixty-seven P. This is a three D printed version of that comet. So this is. Of the actual, this the is full the data comet. That the satellite took, and they sent it back to Earth, and I got to download it and print it on my 3D printer. You have a 3D printer? I do. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Got a bunch of stuff coming out eventually. Huh. I have a lot of editing to do this summer. <laughs> Looks like a rocket. Yeah, right. Flying through space. It's like a weird rubber duck. Like, how big is it? Uh, the size asteroid? of like Delaware? Uh, Los Angeles, I think. <laughs> Los Angeles? Yeah. Nice. Rocket. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. 
Please tell, tell me how we, did you pay for that? What? For like the download? Nope. They the gave specs. it away for free. The specs, yeah? Yeah. All right. That's cool, though. Yeah. No, that's the cool thing about a lot of space programs. Uh, and Truly. SpaceX has followed suit is that the information they have is for the public, you know? And it's good to see someone like SpaceX, like, following up that tradition, you know, because as a private company, they could just tell you to fuck off, you know? Yeah. So it's it's pretty cool shit. So, um, so you had some questions for me, or you had you had at least some links. Oh yeah, I've me. been looking up uh, some SpaceX stuff, looking up the mm-hmm. Mars One project, the uh, trip to Mars. Um, well, SpaceX. I think the first thing uh, I found an article online: uh, SpaceX puts a third booster in a barn, and the result is dazzling. So they had the uh, the three oh, boosters yes. that they recovered. Mm-hmm. So they're up to three now, and they put they they're basically storing all three together in the same place. Mm-hmm. They took a picture of it. Isn't it glorious? They're, and that's that. Yeah, that's the whole. That's the whole point yeah. of it. You know, you see all the scuff marks and the burn marks and all that. D- is it? Do you have? Because uh, Elon Musk posted that on Twitter. It's right here. Yeah, Elon Musk posted it on Twitter uh, with the title Three's Company." Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pretty cool, man. I mean, it's a big, huge step. You know, I mean, that's we what were, I'm learning. We were bringing back capsules, and now we're bringing back parts of the rocket. Yeah, you cost, know? and it's cost. That is the yes. word that keeps popping up is cost. Yeah. You know, if you had something that was reusable, mm-hmm. they even said in the article that I'm looking at right now, uh, the cost to fuel it, if you had a reusable rocket, mm-hmm. you're basically just paying for the fuel. Right. And they said uh, about 200 grand. That's not bad. Now... Everything, if you're starting from scratch, $61 million. Yeah. Not bad, huh? It's a huge Not bad. That's pretty good yeah. to go from $61 million to 200000 Yeah, fuck yes. So I mean, that's, that's what keeps popping up to me. Yeah. Is the cost of it, you know? Well, and let's talk about the reason why everyone thought it was impossible. The, the reason everyone thought it was impossible, mainly because... They have to run on a budget every year. That's just how the, the, the way space travel worked. You know, they worked on the budget, especially if it's not a national defense thing. If it's a national defense thing, like when the first space race happened, you're writing checks, oh, whatever. Yeah. Get it done. We don't give a shit. We need Let's to be go. better than the other guy. Yep. When it's not anymore, it's really tough to get things going. So the pace of it and the cost of it is tremendous. So it takes someone with a scientific mind and a business mind to put those two together and finally say, we need to fix this problem, you know? And it, that's the beautiful thing about the Internet age, Silicon Valley, that we've got all these billionaires from Silicon Valley that are using their money for better things, you know, to advance humankind to a certain point. So, I mean... Well, it's, not, it's kind of the thing now. Yeah. It's really the thing, you know, especially now Richard Branson's in the game. Oh, Richard Branson's been in the game for a while. You know, but yeah. I, he's just, he's, he's really the next, he's the next guy in the he's game. He's the next one to have some record-breaking stuff happen. Yeah. Yes. He's the next guy in the, he, yeah. well, he was and the next guy in the game. So we've got Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos and other private companies, but them up front working on getting things and people into space so that we can work and live and survive in space. 
and Richard Branson wants to take the step before that, which is allow and make it cost-effective for regular human beings, citizens, to experience what going to the edge of space is like. Where is our Elysium? Yes, that's that's, that's, a, that's an interesting movie. Yeah, what did you think of that? Uh, I loved it in like a guy way where it was like, this looks really cool. This it's is awesome. awesome. Yeah, but it definitely had some weird, weird plot things. Weird social tones. Yeah, and and I talked about it on one of the shows. It, some of it was way too blatant for me, but I was totally okay with it because it was so badass. Uh, but yeah, it was a good movie. You know, it's not one of the ones I'm going to watch over and over again, but I would definitely watch it again. Why not? Right? Yeah. Why not? <clears throat> Matt Damon's a badass. Hell yeah. <laughs> Dude. And he's like the space actor. Like if you actually look at how many space movies he's done, like he's the guy. Actually, how many has he done? Was it three? I mean, there's Elysium, there's The Martian, there's Interstellar. Uh, I feel like there's another one that at least had some kind of space theme to it. But that's like a lot. Him. That's a lot. He just likes the uh, the vomit comment. <laughs> he just loves it. Uh, but yeah, man, SpaceX, uh, they deserve to be here. They've been through hell to get to this point and it's very gratifying to see them succeed but uh from the outside i always um i always have the outsider opinion because i am Please. the outsider you know i'm not on the inside you know as of right now nothing's i mean you were you've taken the next step but it's such a small step it is you know you brought it back now you can't reuse it mm-hmm. right uh, can you reuse it mm-hmm. because i believe uh the one that just came back uh is unusable now they can't actually reuse it. He's oh, even come out one? and said it. Yeah. yeah, the third one, okay. He's even come out and said, like, yeah, you know, the re-entry, something, the velocity on the re-entry was higher than we thought. And, mm-hmm. You know, It was a fast landing. Yeah. I mean, the fact that they stuck it at all. You know, yeah, they succeeded in the landing, but, you know, it wasn't uh, yeah, to plan. Here. Yeah, here it is here. Uh, Falcon Heavy side boosters. Oh, no, that's a Falcon Heavy thing. Never mind. So, right um, now, I want the next step. Yes. You know. So, the next step is really going to be continuing this, refining that process so that uh, space launches become something that can happen every week, dare every day if they can do it. We're going to be Gattaca real soon. Yeah. So, and that's a really exciting thing because that means more science can happen in space, which means this this whole new uh, adventure, this whole new generation of space business starts. You know, it's no longer... Um, countries going for humankind it's humans doing it for humans you know it's it's weird and but the cool thing is there's gonna be a shitload of jobs oh yeah shitload of jobs oh yeah so i mean as far as my industry goes i'm super excited oh you should the be possibilities are just now i know i've asked you this i know you're not going to mars you have well, no interest um, but I may have changed my mind. On that. Oh, really? Yeah. Who wants to go to Mars? Alex wants to I've go to Mars. I've changed my mind to, at, at the very least... I'll think about it. Going into space. We'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. I, I definitely we'll talk would about love... It. Maybe a little Christmas bonus. would get love you. to go to space. Get you, get you to Mars. What's that? What's the carrot that gets you to Mars? Uh, I need to learn more about it. All right, well... 
while that's simmering on the back burner, mm-hmm. uh, would you move to like California? Oh yeah, Florida. You know, mm-hmm. Elon Musk taps you. Oh yeah, to I'm help on, out I'm on the earliest flight I can go. Uh, some of the stories I'm reading, uh, they're pl- SpaceX is planning on uh, launching robotic dragon capsules to mm-hmm. Mars as early as 2018. The red dragon. Yep. 2018. Mm-hmm. Right around the corner. Yep, and that's lining up with the time that the Falcon Heavy is going to come out. The Falcon Heavy is supposed to test for the first time this November. And so, realistically, that's what they're going to use with the Dragon? Oh, yeah. yeah. The Falcon Heavy uh, will be the most powerful rocket ever created by mankind when it's done. And it's going to be able to have the ability to get us to Mars. So, And that's going to happen as long as it happens within the next two years, I think. Uh, it's going to beat NASA's option of the SLS, the America's option of the SLS, Space Launch System. So, yeah, it's going to be crazy. And I, what I love about that is that they're going to be practicing landing on Mars. Where, where are they goes. doing that? Huh? Where are they doing that? On Mars? Where is the practice going to take take place? The So the Red Dragon capsule yeah. is going to launch from Earth, go to Mars, and land on somewhere on Mars, wherever they decide's the right place. So the difficult part is that Mars's atmosphere is super thin, and of course the gravity is a third. So the problem with the super thin atmosphere is there's nothing to slow you down. So you're on your own slowing yourself down. So every little bit of control that you need to have has to be there. So it's a super, super difficult thing. So instead of taking one huge shot, like we've got three tries to get to Mars. Now we're practicing. Now we're like, okay, there's no humans involved. We can just send one there and practice our descent. So that way, when we send humans, we've already got it planned out. We know yeah. what happens. We know what to expect. Like. Yeah. So that's the super exciting thing about that. Um, it all depends on timelines. You know, SpaceX is known to deliver sometimes past their date, but they only get better and they keep consistently getting stuff done. So the the step you're talking about, really the next step is, is going to come from a company like this. It may not be SpaceX just by themselves. It could be Blue Origins. It could be... It's just going to take... The confidence, that's what the great thing about them doing all this stuff is. It's giving confidence to nations to say, hey, we, we can do this. So the money can finally come back. Like, there's going to be a boom coming here at some point where we really seriously go for it. And it's going to be super fucking exciting. I think another plus side on Mars, lots of parking. Yes. Lots of parking. And that'll get filled up really quickly. Right. And eventually there'll be Mars traffic. If Boston has its say. Uh, and there'll be construction everywhere. Oh, my God, dude. It's been ridiculous. <laughs> Seriously. ADD out of radio. control. Welcome to ADD Radio. So what else you got for me? Uh, let's see. What else do I have for you? Uh, just more info on Mars One. Um, uh, I believe it was NASA basically fact-checked 
some of their uh, their ideas, um, such as the colonists growing their own food, mm-hmm. um, which in the, in theory would create enough oxygen to make the the habitat livable. Okay, um, but and in the article it states. Um, yes, but over time would eventually create a massive fire hazard because oxygen in some in certain uh, what is it? What is the word? Concentrations are mm-hmm. is flammable. But then they go well. Then they could pump in nitrogen. But if you screw up the the, the dosage between the two, mm-hmm. he's like realistically you're probably gonna kill the people within ten weeks. Yeah. Uh, they they just keep chipping away at Mars One. It's every single time I go to do a Mars One topic on my mm-hmm. show, I have to like pull it back because it's just stupid and terrible. It's it's interesting. It's interesting because if you're the real optimist, all that stuff is just good for Mars One because they didn't have to buy a NASA equivalent of a report of what they could do because they can't afford it it, even if they wanted it but they're getting it though that's the interesting thing so if they're if they're badass they'll figure it out like they're getting stuff done for them not though that's the problem yeah it could definitely be just this company that had a great idea no real way to get it done other than money and because they picked something that's so like connected to being like a human like just imagining going to Mars, first of all, that we we know. I mean, it's, it's just exciting. Everyone wants to talk about it. Everyone wants to think about it. So maybe they just picked the best thing to get them PR and then just kind of hoped it would happen. I hope that's not the case, but, you know, we'll see. <laughs> I told you about the, uh, the one of the finalists for Mars One who also created a stand-up show, a comedy show. Yes. He's yeah. Australian, Physicist right? Josh Richards. Oh, is he's a physicist? Name. Yeah, he's a physicist. Okay. Yeah, you. oh, we know one. those guys. Is he the same one that uh, dresses Dresses, up? yeah, as a koala. Does a stage show. You know what's strange? Is the fact that he's a physicist yeah. doesn't actually... actually make Does that like more... somehow make sense to you? Yeah, it does. In your actually. own weird science-y way? Well, it definitely, it definitely explains the weirdness. Well, he goes on, he tries to legitima- legitimize uh, the... The actual, the project, the whole project, mm-hmm. um, where it talks about how, you know, the application project, it took him three days to just to fill out the forms, mm-hmm. writing essays, uh, other material. Uh, he goes on, he's written about 8,000 words for the private part of the application, none that has been shared mm-hmm. um, with the public. Um, but right now he's doing a science comedy show and makes appearances to discuss space exploration. He said, uh, Mars One never asked for donations from appearance fees. He just happened to have given them about $1,600. <laughs> yeah. In T-shirt sales, which are just bullshit. It's interesting. It, it really is, because I, I can keep finding good things to say. It, it's, it's weird, because whether they wanted to or not, they're actually doing something for getting to Mars. I know. Uh, obviously, they have their want. skeptics. It's yeah. It's they have their skeptics. I mean, the biggest one, the big name is uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson. Yeah, you know, and for good reason. Uh, Obama. <laughs> uh, he Obama wants to make Mars a priority. So, anyone not named Mar, uh, not named NASA or the United States of America, is pretty much going against his plans. 
But, uh, dude, uh, I'm curious to see what's next. You know, what are we going to hear about? What are we going to hear about from SpaceX? What are we going to hear about from NASA? Mm -hmm. You know, what's the next accomplishment? What's the next thing? And I say this at the end of my show. Every show that I've had you on, I think the last question I ask is what's next? Mm -hmm. You know, because that's what I that's what I'm always curious about. Right. You know, that's when I get back into the space stuff is when I hear about what's next. What's next definitely is what we're going to find out from the year in space research because that's going to be super important to getting us to Mars. Really, What's next is, a, is the next step to Mars because it's, it's going to be a lot of steps. Uh, this, this isn't going to the moon. Uh, it's going and living, essentially, on another planet. Um, what's definitely next is... Well, I mean, the 2018, the Falcon uh, Heavy launching the Red Dragon. That's next. And I guarantee we're going to see some big projects released, both from NASA and uh, some other space agency. I mean, there's definitely talks going on right now about uh, different agencies, different countries combining to work on colonizing the moon and testing out technology for colonization somewhere that we could save people if we needed to, you know. Uh, so the moon is definitely one of the next places to go, you know, and really dig in and figure out, okay, how do we make this whole living on in another planet possible? So there's this, like, fractal, infinite things to do for colonization. And I think... We're just going to keep seeing the next steps. So barring... I can't wait, dude. Barring a financial crisis uh, and a reason for funding to be stopped uh, on the government level, things are going to keep going. I, I want to know where we're going to be in a year. You know, I'm yeah. so excited. I want to know now. Yeah. You know, where are we going to be in a year? Where are we going to be in 10 years? You 10 know? years is going to be crazy. 10 years. We're 20. You I know? mean, in 10 years... I think we're going to see private astronauts for sure. And we may even see an astronaut academy. You know, there's, gonna, there's a really good chance we're going to have our where were you moment. Yes. You know, we, neither of us were around for the, you know, 1969 Neil Armstrong. Mm-hmm. But Man there's a the good moon. chance we're going to have that story. Mm-hmm. Where were you when man's first step foot on Mars? Yeah. You know, we're going to have that story. That's that's what blows my mind, and and the beauty of it is is we're going to be able to see it in high def, four K. Yeah, the technology the that we have today. Yeah, you know, as it happened, we're going to have it clear. We're going to have audio, video. Yeah. We're going to be there, you know, mm-hmm. in in almost every aspect, other than physical. It's so exciting. We're going to be there. It's it's the future yeah you know yep you know weren't around for uh neil armstrong you know definitely way weren't around for uh christopher columbus mm-hmm. you know but we're gonna be we're gonna have that story yeah. you know we're gonna get that story you know future generations are gonna have to ask us what was it like where were you what did you think what did you feel damn right you know where like who was around you what was this you know what was going on ask me you know i have that story ask me Tell it. Tell us 
story. <laughs> Do the voices. Yeah, it's going to be fucking awesome, man. Yeah. And uh, that's that's what I'm just hoping to get people to, to see is this shit is coming fast and it's going to be incredible. Yeah. One day you're going to go to bed and the next day you're going to wake up and we'd have been on Mars. Yeah. That's how it's going to be. Mm-hmm. That's how it's going to that's how it's going to go down. Yep. One day we weren't on Mars and the next day we were. Yep. One day you're worried about the uh the app that you couldn't download yep. because uh we had to stop using the whatever uh Wi-Fi because we we're killing bees. <laughs> and uh yeah, the bees. <laughs> to destroy the whole infrastructure. I'm I'm going to sign the screw the bees. I'm on that side. And it's uh going to be like Marvel Civil yeah. War. Then the bees. next day, you're going to get up bloop, on the little eyepiece you wear because uh, <laughs> it's, it's government issued. Brain. It's government issued. Right and the brain. Uh, we made it to Mars. That's how it's going to be. Yeah. Can't it's the future. Wait. Can't wait. <laughs> Want it now. <laughs> All right, man. Well, hey, I think we've done like an hour, hour and a half. Done a little bit Something more than like that. that. Yeah, somewhere around there. Dude. Good show. Yeah. Good show. Fun. Yeah, definitely. Thank you for coming on. Thank you very much for having me on. Finally. Yes. Finally. It finally happened. We did it. We did it. Your obligation is fulfilled, sir. All right. Although, if you, we look at the scoreboard, I think it's like three to one. It's true, but I I was only a passenger on your show. So. But that's on my show, there are only passengers. <laughs> there, there is only one captain, and that is the John Dory. It's true. That's All why right. I have so my name in the title. Tell the folks what they need to know to get in touch with you. Oh, good go. your shit. If you want to get in touch with me, you can hit me up on Facebook under John Doherty. You can also go to the On the Edge page, On the Edge with John Doherty. Uh, if you want to check out the show, it is live every Friday on gagordernetwork.com. You can also download the TuneIn app, search the Gag Order Network. You can also catch me on the Gag Order Radio Show Fridays at 5 p.m. You can also catch me as producer and co-host on J Talks Friday at 7 a.m., though that time may be changing sometime soon. Um, I, my online portfolio, where you can check out past shows, comedy sketches, gag reels, interviews, everything I do on the show. You can go to hulkshare.com slash on the edge. People are blowing it up. Everybody's loving it. Check it out. You can download right to your phone. No charge. That may change, though. So get there while you can, while it's still free. Well, I'm still giving it away. Yeah, got to make money somehow. Gotta, yeah, got to make that money. That's, that's the sound of a seasoned radio host. You had just it. keep talking. You, you had it. Just it's keep just, talking. How many just times have you talking. said that? 800 billion yeah, times. Yeah, too many times, right? You just kind of go billion. in the zone. The, well, there's just so much to get through that I just, like, you know, I just... <laughs> I can see it in your face. You just, I like, make a speech. All right, I'm here. All right, I got to mention, uh, yep. mention that. I got to 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 mention... Okay. There's just so much. Last thing. We'll end it here. You give yours. I'll give mine. Okay. Do you think aliens exist and that we'll be able to find them? Yes. On all accounts. I think they're already here. Okay, so you think they're disguised within the human race? Think about it. Think about what how we uh, observe and uh, research other species. Mm-hmm. You know, do we just go barging in and, hey, here we are? Or do we kind of just, like, hold back a little bit and just kind of watch from afar? I don't know. We do both. Uh, but not right away. You know, when you're like observing lions, you don't just go running into the middle of the pack and start taking mm. pictures. You hold back a little bit. You know, 
you hold back a little bit. When you're observing sharks, mm-hmm. you don't, you know, grab, strap on the scuba suit and jump right in. You know, you hold back a little bit. Mm-hmm. You observe from a distance. Maybe you set up an underwater camera and just kind of watch what goes on. Then you maybe get in the cage, mm-hmm. you know, and then you kind of see what's out there. Yeah. I think that's what's going on. I mean, I think we're being observed and watched and studied and... Interesting. You know. Interesting. It's definitely, definitely a possibility. I mean, to believe that there isn't life out there is ridiculous. Because the odds yeah. of life happening on this planet are so freaking remote. Right. And the fact that we are here means that there's a definite possibility they could be somewhere else. Exactly. But here's the fucked up part. What's up? Here's where I come in on that. Maybe there were aliens, or there will be aliens. Just not in But our... not now. And the only way we'd be able to even know, unless we were there, is by seeing them, which means they could be dead at this point in time. So we well, could have had aliens, but we just didn't happen to be in the right time at the right place. Well, if you subscribe to the universe's uh, not... Not expand at some point will contract on itself. Mm-hmm. Then it's going to wipe out any everything anyway. Ah, so eventually we're all going back to zero. Now, so. I am of the opinion that time and space and reality are just like any other fluid. They move, they interact with their surroundings, and the expansion of the universe is not just something that's going to keep going one consistent thing. It's gonna going to slow down in areas and it's going to speed up in areas and it's going to be contracted and expanded so it's, so it's not, it, the edges aren't rigid no no uh, and so even if there was some kind of cataclysmic event that destroyed part of it it's going to keep moving and it's going to keep expanding and it's just uh it would take something bigger than everything yeah. to end it so so maybe at one time we like there was a civilization Mm-hmm. Came and went. Yep. I mean, if you want, unless we find a, uh, if we continue life on this rock, I mean, this rock has a uh, an expiration date. Mm-hmm. Granted, long after we're gone. Yeah. But the reality is, yeah, yeah. this uh, planet has an expiration date. And and we've become aware of that. And I think that's where a lot of this jump to go to space is. That's where it started, and that's what's fueling it now is the passion of people to say, hey, you know. I like being a human being. It's pretty dope. I'd like other human beings to experience that too. So let's figure out a way so that we can keep doing this and be more badass than anything else. Alex has been drinking. <laughs> a little bit. But, uh, yeah, I think there are, I mean, the odds are in my favor, so. Mm-hmm. Cool. So, aliens, yes, yes. yes. thumbs up. Boom. Both of us. It's happening. Thanks, John. Thank you very much, Alex Orfanos. It's a blast, man. We're up. Let's do it. All right.